Welcome to twoquestions.tv. With me today is Mitch Matthews, and we're talking about finding work you love. Twoquestions.tv. Brief questions, deep knowledge for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business owners. Welcome to twoquestions.tv. I'm Susan Barancini Mo. Joining me again today is Mitch Matthews. He's a keynote speaker, success coach, and best selling author. He's also the co creator of the Big Dream Gathering, which we talked about last month. I'll link to that in the cards for today. And he's also the host of the Dream Think Do podcast. And now he's the author of this book, Dream Job Redefined The New Rules for Creating a Career That Matters and Doing Work You Love, which is what we're talking about today. Hey, Mitch, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. This is just fun. I love it. Getting it to come back fun. so quickly. I know. I, I was like, I haven't seen him in a while. And now I've seen him twice in a month. This is so exciting. I just got to keep writing books. So I keep coming back. Like this right is great. To have <laughs> just come and be our dream expert. And then uh, you come you got once it. a month, once a Anytime month. We'll do it. You me, I am there. I love it. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to hold you to that, you know. Yeah, you got All it. Right. I, yeah, I don't throw that out lightly. I love it. Okay, cool. Well, okay, so I like the book, this book. I Thank liked you. it a lot. And um, I liked it for many reasons, but one reason in particular that I liked it is that you and I were talking before the interview, we both read so many books and yeah. there are so many books that are just theory. But yeah. your book really includes, not case studies exactly, but like application. And everything you talk about in the book, you're like, yeah, here's a thing that works. Here are some people who did the thing and it worked. See, it worked. <laughs> right. That's missing from so many books. So I really appreciated that. Well, and that was my goal because it's, it's one of those that, and I talk about this in the book, that at 13, I went out and got my first dream job, which is kind of crazy. I wanted to work <laughs> at a bike shop in a small town in Newton, Iowa, and I basically stalked the bike shop owner until I got the job. I you know, cleaned out the alley. I wiped down bikes. I did whatever I could to get on his radar, and he finally hired me. So I love that. And uh, so you know, I had my first dream job at 13. But then later on, um, I got into corporate America. I started a job that was a good fit initially, became a bad fit. And I, I really, I mean, I talk about it in the book. A part of me just started dying as I was going yeah. to work every day. Yeah. And I said, I've got to change. I've got to do something different. And so I set up a course for myself to do something different and achieve a dream job. And I was able to do that, which, uh, you know, I'm wildly grateful to say. And I said, gosh, I want more people to be able to do that. And then I started to think, well, is my story just a fluke? You know, like, did I just get <laughs> lucky? And so I set out to say, all right, what are, I know there's a lot of other people that are out there that have dream jobs. They've either created them or found them. What did they do? And so I did 200 plus interviews with people uh, that were doing work that they love, work that mattered. And I said, okay, how did you do this? How did you find them? How did you create them? And I was able to turn those, a lot of those interviews then wound up being on Dream Think Do, my podcast. So what I love is, to your point, like I love to read. I love, we've got a lot of friends that are authors. Sure. I love to read people's books. And I love a good theory. But unless it's backed <laughs> up by something, I don't really want to know. Like it's like, unless I can see a story, unless I can see fruit from that uh, in real people, in the real world, I'm just a little bit of a doubter. Yeah. And so I, I said, I, I want to include these stories, but you know, I'm wildly blessed to say also, you know, in every, almost every situation, every strategy, uh, every approach, I can say, Hey, here's the story. But if you want to hear an interview, if you want to hear them actually tell their own story, click on this link and go listen to it. Um, yeah. So that's really what I want to do is fill it with practical application, but also 
um, give credit where credit was due and point people to real stories and real people. Yeah. We're such kindred spirits in that way. I love yeah. it. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, right up front, early in the book, you kind of lay it on the line. I mean, you make it pretty clear. We're not talking about rainbows and butterflies. We're not talking right. about riches and wealth even when you talk about loving your work. So can you talk a little bit about what does it mean to love your work? Yeah, I love it. Well, and, and it's a great point. We talked a little bit about this before, but uh, you know, some people even caution me to include dream job in the title yeah. of the book because it, you know, it used to be the thing that people aspired to, but now it's almost become this like airy fairy rainbows and butterflies, yeah. you know, thing. And, and in some ways, like dream jobs exist, just like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness, non you know, Loch Ness monster exist. Um, and, and that to me kind of ticks me off because it's like, I believe these things are out there. I believe that dream jobs are out there and doing work that you love is out there. It's just, you have to decide now because most of the world, at least, you know, the United States, as an example, about 75% of the American population work population workforce, either, you know, they're disenfranchised, they're disengaged, they don't love what they do. And to me, right. that's incredibly frustrating. It's um, so sad. But it's, and it's become the norm. And that's, that's what, that's why I think in, in part, why some people have kind of got disenfranchised with this idea of the dream job. And yes, I really clarify that I'm not talking about, you know, rainbows and butterflies and little birdies singing on your finger <laughs> while you sit in your office, right? It's that perfect. Like I even talk about that. <laughs> there's something we, we describe and, and I saw this in our 200 plus interviews too. Even with a dream job, there's what we call the suck factor, right? There's at least something yeah. that you don't like to do. That's a part of every job and, and dream jobs. It doesn't mean that it's absent of that. You're still going to have challenges. You're still going to deal with that jackweed once in a while, either a client or a coworker or whatever. But I always say, if you can keep your suck factor to 10 to 20% <laughs> and you love the rest, yeah. then that's, that's a dream job. That's right on. And we talk about the dream job being a little bit like home, right? Mm -hmm. When you, you're in your dream job, it just feels like home. It's a place where you feel safe. It's a place where you feel engaged. It's a place that feels right. And you're doing work that is meaningful, that you right. love. Now, one thing, one caveat is that some of the people that I interviewed, they said that you know, they, they were doing work that they loved. And in some cases, we had a second classification. In some cases, some people were doing work that allowed them to do something they love yes. outside of work. So yeah. like as an example, I, I interviewed an extreme swimmer. This guy, amazing, right? Like uh, some people swim to Alcatraz as a big extreme swim. He swims right. out to Alcatraz, swims around Alcatraz, swims back. And that's what? a morning swim for him, right? Ah! Like, oh my God. <laughs> right? He's a corporate attorney, great guy. Actually really enjoys his work, really good at his work. But one of the reasons why what he does is a dream job, mm -hmm. it, he knows this fully, is because of what it allows him to do. Yeah. His schedule allows him to do that. What he makes allows him to do that. He can go swim all around the world because of what he does. So sometimes yeah. he says, I can sit in you know meetings that might kill others and I can sit there with a big smile on my face because I know what this job allows me to do. Yeah. And so, you know, so it's, there's, there's a lot of different ways. There's no cookie cutter approach to what a dream job is. Everybody, that's why we talk about being redefined. You have to define what that is for you in this season of life because that can change too. But that's, that's what we love to do is be able to say, all right, here's these examples of people and a lot of different ways they've defined it. And here's how they go after it. 
You know, it's funny. My dad was kind of like that. He was a guy who, he was a, a physician. He had his own medical practice and he also had a couple of other gigs now and then that he would, you know, go to the hospital and, you know, go, yeah. you know. but um, he, what he really loves in life is trying different things, trying different musical instruments, trying different hobbies. And being a doctor made that possible because he had the resources that he could go out and, you know, buy all the equipment for a new hobby and, right. you know, go take a class. And so he had that as, you know, that was what he, that was his dream life. And he liked being a doctor, but I think he likes the hobbies a little more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, that's, uh, you know, as advanced copies of, of the book have gotten out, mm -hmm. um, it, that's one of the, the feedback that, you know, some of the feedback that we've received is that some people, it's been a wake up call for them to say, you know what? I realized that, you know, I'm actually in something close to a dream job right yeah. now. I just lost that. I, I, you know, I'd forgotten to be grateful for what I have. And we talk about the difference between a, a dream job and what we call a, br a bridge job. Yeah. And a bridge job is something that allows you to get to a dream job. And it's very important. And we talk about how do you select those bridge jobs? How do you retrofit a current job to make it a bridge job so it prepares you? But a lot of people have said, you know, it's, it's made me grateful for the job I'm in and has also helped me be more intentional about the job I'm going for. And so that also is, is good feedback. Let's talk a little bit about maybe a different scenario. Someone's watching yeah. today maybe and yep. they have an okay job. Uh, it's keeping their bills paid, yep. but they're kind of miserable. Yes. But you and I both, I think, know that being miserable can change your perception of the world around you, change the way you feel about everything. Totally. And so it makes it hard, I think, to tap into what do I want? Because it's so clear what you don't want that seeing what you do want can be like, it's so big that seeing what you do yeah. want can be really hard to, to clarify. So what Absolutely. would you say is the most important step for someone like that to take? Well, I can totally identify with that because, you know, <laughs> I was too. in that bad fit job. I was in that yeah. bad fit job and we had, I talk about this in the book, we had worked ourselves into a sitcom life, which was single yeah. income, two children, oppressive mortgage. So I couldn't just quit that bad fit job. I had to yeah. stay in that job and it took a lot of time. I didn't feel like I had spare time coming out my ears and I wasn't, I had been doing that for such a long time that I couldn't remember what I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. In fact, my wife, the, a real wake up call for me was my wife sat me down and said, listen, I'm worried. And I'm like, well, oh, what wow. are you worried about? And she said, I'm worried about losing you. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. And she said, no, no, no. Losing who you are. Like, yeah. I think you would still be around in 30 or 40 years, but you're becoming a shell of who you mm. used to be. And I was like, ah, I don't want that. <laughs> right. At the same time, I was thinking, just like you're talking about that scenario, what the heck do I love? What yeah. am I passionate about? It's been so long since I've experienced that, since I've really felt good at something, since I've really felt flow and lit up by that work. So I had to give myself, and, and we talk about this in the book, I had to give myself permission to experiment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think as a, as a society, we have become, a, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to go pro instantly. You know, like yeah. our kids, it used to be our kids. Like when I was growing up, I did an ever, a different sport every three months, right? I was terrible at all of them. But in the summer, <laughs> I play baseball. In the fall, I play football. In the you know, winter, I play basketball and wrestle. You know, all these kinds of things. And we give ourselves those chances to try a bunch of different stuff. And now it's like kids have to focus. And you're going to play football all year. You're going to play soccer all year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good, bad, otherwise, I don't know. But we will like almost force them to go pro immediately. And I think we start to do the same thing. Like, well, I can't take a class unless that's a part of an MBA program that then I'm going to take, yeah. you know, 40 years to complete. Or I, I can't go and have coffee with someone unless I'm really looking for another job. And I don't want to make that obvious. It's all those things like we make these things extreme. Right. And I always say, give yourself the chance to experiment. Find little things to go and try. Don't sign up for an MBA class. Don't quit your job. Go just take a class. Find yeah. somebody, you know, that's teaching a class on something that might be related to something you're interested in or just something else entirely. But give yourself those chances to experiment or go and look around and say, who's doing interesting work? I mean, the amazing thing now, and that's why I talk about it being the rules that we have now. Like mm -hmm. the, a lot of the rules that I talk about in the book, my, cramp, my grandpa couldn't have done. Right. Like, uh, I mean, like you and I get to connect this way. It's amazing, right? We're not <laughs> in the same space. I wish we were, we're not yeah. having coffee together, but we could be virtually, we can reach out and learn from people all around the world instantly and to be yeah. able to say, all right, who's doing interesting work and how could I learn from them? And sometimes it's just by listening to interviews and, you know, tapping into awesome people like you where people can get and glean information right away, or it's, somebody around the corner that's doing something interesting to say, Hey, can we meet? Can we talk? I profile somebody in the book that wanted to work for Fox racing. Yes. And I said, go stalk people, go have meetings with people. And he did that. He found the first person who raced for Fox racing on Instagram, reached out, said, could we do a quick call? The guy was like, sure. They wound up having this quick call. And he asked a number of questions. We list them in the book, but then the last question is always, who else should I be talking to? Right. And he worked his way all the way up through the company, got to have a number of different conversations. And we did our interview, uh, you know, for, for the podcast and for the book from the back deck of Fox Racing because that's where he works now. So it's, it's that whole thing of he just started reaching out. Um, he had another job. It wasn't, you know, uh, it was one of those things that he just took these steps that we talk about. He gave himself permission to experiment. And that's what I say is like, give yourself those that, that permission to start small and just do some things to try some things and unlock some passions, reacquaint yourself with those passions. That's great. That's great. And I think that applies too. If you're someone who has put your, um, your needs aside for others for a long time, a lot totally. of, you know, women, for example, put their needs aside for their kids and for their families. And then at some point they go, Oh no, now what? And right. I think now's a great time for experimentation. Try stuff, Absolutely. see what you like. Yeah. Uh, and, and that in some ways kind of throw out, uh, you know, being worried about what people think. Yeah. You know, because it's that we, I was talking with somebody about this yesterday and, and, you know, it's that, it's that great phrase. Don't worry about it. People are thinking about you a lot less than you think they are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that that's true. Of just, of just, you know, starting to reach out, starting to learn, starting to, you know, uh, put yourself in some situations where you can stretch and grow. So absolutely. Isn't it so funny how we always think everybody's thinking so much about us? <laughs> no I, the, one's the thinking about us. I remind people is that I need to be reminded too. So it's yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mitch, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, Again. this is an honor. I love it. I, I, we could talk for hours. I know, right? We should talk for hours. That's Bring what we on. should do next. <laughs> A marathon. Exactly. Another marathon. All exactly. right. So viewers, here's the book. Highly recommend. 
not just for people who are getting jobs, but if you want to start a business, you don't know what that is. This book is a great guide for you. So we're going to have a link to Amazon for this book in the show notes for today down here. So thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. This has been twoquestions.tv. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, learn more about the show, the guests, and our host, Susan Barancini Mo, visit us at www.twoquestions.tv.